Welcome to the Rock and Roll Survivors Podcast, dedicated to those in front of the curtain, behind the curtain, and somewhere in between. I'm Kristen, and on season one, the legendary rock star Patty Quattro joins us to discuss her time with the band Fanny, the fabulous feedback from the international press, David Bowie's contributions to the fifth and final Fanny album, and so much more. So let's get started. Patty, I am so excited on this episode because we are finally going to get to your songs, the four on the Rock and Roll Survivors album. So let's kick it off by listening to Long Distance Lover, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Thank you. 
So, Patty, I've been wanting to ask you this question since I was about eight years old and starting to have my first crush on on guys. So who is this long distance lover? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, there were, you know, there were various romances back in Detroit. And every time I had to go on the road, I mean, relationships are tough when you're in a band. And uh, there were probably a couple that it could have been. That song was written when I was on the road and sort of looking back at what I was doing and the decisions I made and how it impacted my life, personal and music, because music was my passion. And I brought this song to Fanny. And I think it was written on the road when I was with Mickey in the MQ band. And, you know, And it's sort of a melancholy mood, this song was for me. Life on the road was tough. Boyfriend or more in general relationships, whoever it was. You go on the road constantly and you miss a lot trying to keep a relationship together because you're gone. And music was my thing. That was it. That was most on my mind. But this book is, this song is sort of a contradiction because there's lines that say a different feeling, you know, when you're, my bed was empty and, you know, I call you on the phone and all that stuff. It made me think of what I was doing because I put all that aside, you know, to go on the road and concentrate on music. So it sort of was a very introspective song about what I was doing because it gets lonely on the road. When you're coming down and the adrenaline's done after a gig, and then you're just in your room, can be hard. It's an adrenaline crash. Well, talk a little bit about the lyrics. I mean, you've already started, but what did you mean or what do you mean when you say, put away my suitcase dreams? And it sounds like you were an underage girl coming of age. And since you were in a band underage, I'm assuming, (laughs) or maybe I shouldn't assume. Well, it's that's exactly what I meant. The, it's a dichotomy, living out of a suitcase, all right? And that's what you're doing. And the music, concentrating on that. But then there was this part of me during that song was where I put away my suitcase dreams, like sort of, of, of love and a relationship. Put it away. It's in the suitcase to be dealt with later. And the coming of age is sort of like a uh, metaphor because... I somehow knew deep down that someday that would really matter to me. But right now, it was in the suitcase. And it's funny because it comes in at the end, too, because when the guy says, finally come of age, you know, maybe that boyfriend also went through the same thing and we just parted. You know, it just wasn't going to happen right then. And I had a sense of loss. And there's nothing I could do because music, no matter what, balls to the wall, that was what I was in. So. A lot of those words were like conflicting the two and what I was going through at that moment. Well, I want to talk about the song musically, but just to continue what you're saying, I'm I'm skeptical. Let me say it. I'm sometimes on the fence about songs that fade. Part of me wants to say, oh, that's an easy out. But there is something about this song fading that actually is it's emotional to me because you have this youthful la la la's that are singing. And you're singing, I've got you on my mind. And you it caught it. 
And there you go. And it's and if anybody <laughs> say anybody who's had a crush on anybody or anybody who thinks about somebody that I've got you on my mind is on loop anyway. And so the fact that it fades with those two, in a way, dichotomies, this optimism and also, as you said, deep reflection. I think it's a powerful song. It's funny because uh, you caught exactly what I intended to, because there was another verse and we got into recording it and we decided it was hitting such a groove, you know, this la la, you know, and all that. And I had to put in the guitar, the music side. Okay. I sang the two verses, but then I, da, 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 da. and I had to get into it and get into the, so the music, the lead went heavier. It just went into a whole different thing. And then it came back to the la la. But you'll notice at the end, the got you on my, I mean, it comes out even a little heavier. And the girls, the singers are repeating it. And I love when Brie was stepping out and, you know, doing little asides. It just made it go in a heavier realm at the end and took the departure from my introspection, which was fully intended. Well, I think you successfully accomplished that. I, I think that comes off so well because the lalas, again, are so kind of youthful and innocent and hopeful. Mm-hmm. And your guitar and this heaviness. I mean, it's not like you were unaware of the reality of things and being on the road even then. I just think it's a beautifully fantastic song. And the other thing I wanted to say musically, and I could say this on all of your songs on this album, but the thing that I find so unique and, and if anything, a departure from older Fanny is you could sing Gene's bass line here. And I love the way they pull it out. Mm-hmm. Vinny pulls it out. You can sing your guitar licks as much as you can sing the vocals. I think Bree's drumming on this is fantastic. I love how Nikki gives this such a moody feeling to it. I just, I think it's wonderful. So let's continue on with the next song on the album. These are both, by the way, on side one. So we've talked a little bit about rockin' all night long, and you can check that on another um, episode. But one of the things I love about this is you brought it from Cradle. You brought it to your, we think, your audition for Fanny. And it's just, all I think about is you talking about when you heard MC5, you know, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. I feel like this song is your homage and your contribution to what was happening in Detroit Rock City at the time. So let's listen to it and let's talk about it on the other side.
I love it. Patty, tell us how you came up with this song. Again, we've talked about this before, but now that we've just listened to it, I mean, it's it's so exciting and it's so it's still so fresh. There is nothing dated about your music, I just have to say. So tell us about your inspiration <laughs> behind it. It's true. Well, we did this song in Cradle. That's where we made it. And funny, Mountain, what influenced me was Mountain and Mississippi Queen, you know, da da And I just thought, I got to come up with a great hook line thing. So we came up with that. And we actually were playing it for a little while. And then Jerry Nolan was in the band. Uh, Susie and Nancy went to New York City and they got Jerry Nolan from the New York Dolls and brought him back. He was the only male that was ever in our band. And he lasted a nanosecond because then Susie was in the middle of getting ready to go to England. So the band was sort of going into a different direction. But we did that song and it was with the mountain people, uh, Bud Prager, your dad's buddy. And Mountain was, uh, Leslie wanted that to be her single. He thought, oh my God, you know, sign them on that one, you know. And it all got interspersed with Susie going to leave, possibly. She was making her deal in England. So it all fell apart. But that one was the one. I mean, it was very popular live. People loved it. And because it starts out with that lick, you know, and, and it just goes on. And then when I took it to Fanny, we extended it. At the end, when we would do it live, it went real extended, as you have on the uh, opera, I think, or one of the gigs. One of the gigs. Whiskey, the whiskey. whiskey. Yes. Yep. So you have the extended where she takes a solo, Jean, and Nikki does something, and I do something, and we just carry it on at the end. So it's very extended live. But yeah, that was just a rock song, you know, rocking. We were enjoying the life, uh, the music, the whole thing. It was us being joyful in the moment in when we made it in Cradle and wrote it. And it just, yeah, I love that song. It's all oh, good I love stuff. It. I all the good part, yeah. Oh, it's so wonderful. And I have this fantasy, I'm completely making this up, but that you're there auditioning for Fanny and Nikki hears this. And I think she must have, I'm making this up, but she just, the excitement she must have felt. And when she comes in after your rift and that, oh, it's just so alive and exciting. She's great. She's great. You could tell when she was happy because she had a glow about her. I always knew when she was happy with a tune and I knew she wanted to rock hard. And, you know, I mean, geez, you know, feeling good, feeling mighty high, you know, rocking all night long. It, It spoke to the moment that we were in. And in the music arena at that time, it was just so exciting. So that was a song of joy. I mean, I loved it. Well, I'm going to be posting lyrics to your songs, but Patty, you and I were talking about this privately, that I've only, I learned, let me say that differently. I learned all of Fanny's songs as a kid, starting from the age of three with you, I was six. So most of the lyrics are phonetic to me. So when you sent me the lyrics to rock and I was thought to myself, oh, that's what you're saying. (laughs) So I will be posting these for the listeners, but I'm sure they can make much more sense of it than my child phonetics. But anyway, it is just a fantastic, fantastic song. And, and, you know, it's funny because there are some lines in it that, you know, um, you're 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 paying a price going to you know i mean i was obviously as my little historian overview that i was always doing in my mind that's just how my mind worked and i was thinking writing that you know of what the scene was like 
But and so some of those lines just indicate that I had that thought, you know, you're paying a price, da da da, you know, the druggies and whatever, you know, and you don't care, you know, don't you rocking all night long, you know, we didn't care, we were doing our passion. So all that was just a little side thing of it, but I stuck it in there anyway because it mattered to the scene, you know. Well, and that's really important because as you've spoken about before, and this is why I think you're such an incredible guest and and artist in general, is that you were and are a serious musician, a really talented musician. And yet you also had the larger awareness to really take this all in. And that is what I love about your lyrics. You know, with Long Distance Lover, it wasn't just this, la la, I'm in love, everything is not at all. And same with Rockin'. I mean, you know, you were paying a price for that lifestyle. And for those that didn't have the arc or the larger perspective as you do. It was like, well, have fun now because who knows? That, down- that, no, it's true. You're like, you're giving up your normal life that a normal person would have, you know, the people that were into some of those other side things, you know, but you have a peace of mind. I did because I was playing my passion and, you know, I don't care, you know, this is what I'm doing. So the lyrics are sort of pointing that out a bit. <laughs> 